0: Welcome to the Church Times podcast. Try 10 issues for £10, or two months' access to our website and apps also for £10. Go to churchtimes.co.uk forward slash new hyphen reader.
1: Tom Sallon-Chapman, Head of Publishing
2: for the Archbishop's Council.
3: Amris Cole, Senior Digital Communications Manager.
2: And Adrian Harris, Head of Digital.
0: Thank you for joining me on the Church Times podcast. We were here, I think, talking last year ahead of the Christmas campaign then, but this also marks um, three years, I think, since this new digital team was formed. Um, It's been a lot of change. Um, Adrian, could you say a bit about what some of the kind of highlights have been for you over the last three years? It's
2: gone really quickly the last three years. So the team was created and I joined in October, 2016. Uh, There were three of us at that point in the team um, and there's now seven of us in the team. For me the real highlights have been that we've got the foundations very solid and that we've we've really got to grips with sorting out all four national websites and now seen a significant uh, uptick in engagement across those all backed up by extensive research with people who are open to faith as well as regular church goers right across the country so getting out of london i think we've also got uh, a lot better in the way we use social media that's sort of on a daily basis with prayer content and other resources but also with with major campaigns i think training has been one of the big surprises and we'll probably talk more about that 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 was not in the paper that created the team uh, and that has become one of the really big focus areas for our work so how do we train and support and equip local churches and our diocesan colleagues Uh, and really as well some of the innovations and i think the joy of having this sort of Um, seed funding to get us started so things like Alexa working with with Thomas and uh, colleagues on that Uh, and also things like our 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 labs events where we bring people together and talk about innovation in the church there's been a really nice range of things and actually for a relatively small team that's one of the many joys this is why I like coming to work every day because I've got a group of colleagues who are extremely passionate about what they do and care and we've really been able to get on Uh, and to do a whole range of things relatively quickly with the backing of
0: of all the different
2: groups within the church.
0: Mm. You mentioned the seed funding. So was it the General Synod approved this funding, sensing there was a need? How much was that? So three
2: years ago, we were given £2 million over three years. And what that enabled us to do uh, was, as I said, to really sort out a lot of our a lot of the basics i mean for example our main website the main church of england site hadn't been properly redeveloped for 11 years and one of the early things we discovered was a lot of content had just been copied over from the old site so there's a lot of work that went into that a church near you that's now run nationally uh, and amorous oversees that and i think uh, that needed a, a, a lot of work building on the great success of 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 it in its first few years and that's been one of the real joys, really, is to have had some funding available um, to really be able to to work at um, building out our, our, our digital footprint and our capability.
0: And, I mean, you're obviously accountable for this money, so you've been presenting to the Synod and had... Re- questions asked and um, what's your sense of the feedback you've had from the kind of elected members of the synod
2: yeah i think it's been really uh, positive overall and i think people have really embraced this work and that has been one of the genuine joys i'm not just saying that is that the 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 synod, both Archbishops, Archbishops Council, the Church Commissioners, um, a whole range of governance groups across the church have seen the potential and I think we've shifted from being let's see how this goes, let's 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 provide a triennium of funding to this is absolutely uh, a key part of our work and it's not a key part of a work as an end in itself it's actually how does this work in all its different guises follow the star the websites the training how does it uh, help to support our local churches our diocesan colleagues uh, and how does it help people to grow in their faith and to bring people to faith and I think people have seen some of the tangible benefits of that
3: mm. and I think as we're getting more strategic as a team people looking on are getting a little bit more sophisticated out of what they're wanting to see so before it was very easy for us to say uh, this Christmas we reached this many million people with the campaign and that was great and we'd never been able to reach numbers like that before uh, with the digital campaign but now people are starting to say what does that mean in someone's faith journey and we're working harder to track that kind of data along with those big reach numbers. Mm -hmm. We do want to find out what it's doing for someone's faith journey. So that's why now following every campaign we ask um, how has this um, impacted your your relationship? Do you feel closer to God Mm -hmm. after following this campaign? And those are the numbers that really matter to us. Mm -hmm. We're not just trying to get um, as many likes as possible but we're actually trying to move people on in this journey and we're starting to see Uh, great stories. We had a story a couple of months ago with someone who followed last year's Christmas campaign um, started attending her church regularly, um, then did an Alpha course, then did our Lent campaign, Mm. our Easter campaign followed Thy Kingdom Come, all those daily reflections and was confirmed this summer. So those are the stories we're looking for. Mm. That's the kind of data that we're um, working hard to search and to promote because it's great that we're having more and more followers on our Facebook page but what we care about is moving people along that yeah. journey.
0: Do you have stats for that? How many people, you know, that individual might represent, or that sort of journey? Do you have sort of numbers? Well, year on and follow the year? star.
1: We uh, asked. Uh, as Amra said, a couple of uh, sort of consistent questions around at the end of our campaigns, and we ask basically how has this has this helped you in your uh, to grow in your journey with God? And 85% of people said that it would have been helpful in that, mm-hmm. um, and and okay. we, we track that through, and that's got that figures got up. Um, I think they've got even higher in our Lent and Thy Kingdom Come campaigns. But that's yeah. you know that's that's really uh, really, as I say that's a really important metric. The, the big the numbers the reach is important, but that quality of, yeah. and the depth of that impact on people's faith journeys. And how
0: many respondents yeah. is that to that kind of survey?
2: I mean, I mean it's about it's, it's 10% of a sample of about, I mean, it's about 25,000 people it went out to in total so it's quite a healthy, I mean in, in comparison to other places I've worked in, we get very high response rates on mm-hmm. our surveys and we get very high engagement with the content we post.
3: But we know those campaigns can only do that if we're working really closely with our local churches. So that's another reason why we spend so much of our time trying to train up our churches. So we've trained more than 2,000 churches now to use digital so that uh, all the stuff people are seeing nationally is backed up locally. And we're also giving those resources to local churches because we know they're so stretched we can take out a lot of that work for them, offer them yeah. these um, great resources to bring yeah. people into their churches. So, yeah, we're working really closely with local churches because it's not good enough that people just see our campaigns. We want to bring them into yeah. their local worshipping so, communities.
0: Yeah, you guys are on the road then meeting people in person and yes. living this training. And um, are you working with the diocese and that or are they just overstretched so they welcome the kind of national input with this money you've had to? deliver training that they don't, I guess, probably don't have the resources to do?
3: We work really closely with our diocese. They host us, so um, each week we train at least 30 churches in one of our diocesan offices um, to use digital as part of their their mission. So in the morning we look at uh, social media, particularly Facebook and Instagram and how to use those to reach new people in their communities. Mm. And in the afternoon we look at their website, so whether that's a church near you, our church finder tool that offers all of our churches a free church website, or else they're own church websites that they've developed. We look at um, a whole range of things that will encourage people to join their church community. We uh, um, start looking at what photos they use and what messages those bring. Uh, Then we start looking at language and tone and what words we can use that might seem like the right thing to write in your welcome message but actually we're hearing more and more about better ways of phrasing that. For example a couple of weeks ago we heard a church who um, who were sharing each week about their church service and they were saying, join us today. And they had a comment from someone saying, how do you join? We're, uh, in the, in the, the outside world, join us means join a gym for £12 a month or like, join the Labour Party. Yeah, it's, there's a transaction up. involved, oh. there's a fee involved. So it's even those kind yeah. of anecdotal evidence that we're hearing from our churches as we're training them, they're actually yeah. training us so much around language and tone. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's definitely a two-way street and it's helped us. Nationally, provide the right kind of resources and the right kind of content on our channels. Um, And yeah, also, it's equipping the local church Mm. to use the amazing opportunity that digital offers. Mm.
0: And a lot of people, I guess, particularly in the occasional offices with the baptisms and weddings and funerals, that's incredibly important, isn't it? To have, if you're searching for where to hold your relative's funeral or something or wedding, you need to know. Do you know how many people are those kinds of people and how many people are just sort of on a, I want to investigate Christianity a bit more or pop in with my? children or something to church.
3: The really interesting thing is on the church near you that church finder tool that I mentioned mm. we've got an inbox and we get more than 10,000 messages each quarter from wow. the public to churches through that inbox mm. and a lot of those are to arrange life events but increasingly and I think this is because digital um faith literacy is is on the decline people are asking if they can come along to churches people don't know they're allowed to come along to a Sunday morning service they think they have to get permission or an invite or their name Mm -hmm. has to be on the list so it's Uh, really interesting to see those trends in the messages being sent in we know that the people using these tools are not just trying to find one-off um life events although that's great if they're using those to to access us in that way but increasingly people are asking questions about faith asking questions about how how they become a christian where they can go and whether they're allowed to attend all those amazing services and events that we're running so Yes, it's, it's a mixture of both and that's great to see.
0: That's really interesting, people not even realising they can just walk in mm-hmm. to a service mm-hmm. and that it's for everyone.
3: Yeah. yeah, which is why we're training our churches to use the right language and tone yeah, on their yeah. Facebook posts about yeah. a Sunday morning service. Have you made sure that that person knows they can come along if they're yep. reading that? That's key.
0: And how do you, um, do, does anyone then express the concern about dumbing down where they say if we don't use certain theological words or things that might be quite alienating to ordinary people. How how do you sort of navigate that, being accessible but not dumbing down, as it were?
3: It's just about knowing what audience you're trying to speak to, I think. So our Christmas campaign is all about welcoming in those people that might only come at Christmas but making sure they feel welcome to do so. All the language in our daily reflections is written in a really accessible way. To encourage those people that maybe wouldn't uh, connect with us at any other time of the year, and I think yeah, our our churchgoers, our regular churchgoers, are increasingly aware of of who we're aiming various mm. pieces of content at, and they're being really encouraging and supportive about that. So when we're training and we're teaching people about those words that uh, that we call Christianese, that maybe you only are yeah. aware of benefits, for example, if you've been involved yeah. in the church for a long time, um, interregnum, all those kind of things, people are yeah, really, really taking notice of who we're trying to talk to, why, yeah. and what that means. So we do look at audiences for quite a long time. Mm. On that digital training day that we ran for churches. And it's great to hear what that has then led them to think mm. about. So we were talking about um, yeah, different audience groups in a church in Carlisle, and one of the churches realised that around them there's loads of BB owners. Obviously, they can't come to church on a Sunday morning, that's when they're doing breakfast or yep. they're changing rooms around. So that led to the church putting on a Wednesday night service because mm. they thought that's a good time yeah. of the week for a BB owner. So those That training that we're running is not only affecting how people are using Facebook, Instagram websites, but actually it's helping them to consider how to serve their audiences better across mm. their mission, which is great to hear.
0: So we had a man Drew Grayson wrote a piece for us recently on digital, um, how Christians should engage with digital, how he thought they should. And he he speaks really highly of all the digital comm stuff happening here and nationally and everything. But he says, are, are we aware of the need to be sort of embodied and com- in community? Have you done any reflection on the need to sort of navigate all of that.
2: I think that's why uh, at the heart of everything we do is about trying to encourage people into community. So one yeah. of the things with the Alexa skill, and again this is where digital from a faith point of view for us is not an end in itself, is that yeah. uh, there is a huge amount of potential to to use Alexa to bring people into church and actually at Christmas for example the number of times it gets asked for where where's my nearest church. Um, obviously goes up, and that's yeah. really encouraging to see. And, and it's a really big focus in in however innovative we are, at the heart we gather as the body of Christ, and actually we we want to do that by encouraging people into one of our churches.
0: I mean, talking of that, I mean, we'd had the statistics for Mission out recently for 2018, I think mm. it was, and it said that attendance, I mean, it said a general, that sort of continual slight decline. Um, I mean, firstly, on the decline, are you discouraged by that or do you see your is this a longer term project or do you see that it would be a faster decline were you not doing this and also it so i think the statistics showed that the christmas attendance was down nine percent last year so does that was that disappointing at all given the sort of digital campaigns that happened last year
2: i think what's interesting and we, we talked about it at the start is that we're we're right at the, at the start of this as a as a mm. as a piece of work for the church and i think we absolutely recognize with all humility that the church has only started using digital in a really intentional way in the last 3 years and actually this it will take some time to see that reflected in the in the ways that you mentioned one of the interesting sort of trends that we have seen and again it goes back to the sort of running surveys and understanding what our audiences are saying is we did do a survey with the church and the eu editors and 23% of those churches that fully engaged in Follow the star uh, last year saw an increase in attendance so it's it's interesting how Although it's at a very early stage and we really acknowledge that, actually in the next three years it's, it's how can we sort of accelerate that and start to see some change because you know as, at the heart of renewal and reform mm. is we want to be a growing church for all people in all places and there is that commitment from the church to be a growing church and we've obviously got some really encouraging digital numbers but actually how can we play our part in, in leading to that into that growth in our churches.
0: And just on digital numbers, I mean, I've noticed when, state statistics submission is announced, the um, highly skilled and experienced PR team here at Church House do tend to make those quite prominent in the press releases because they are impressive numbers. Um, A cynic might say, is that a good way of slightly concealing some of the less um, positive numbers? I mean, how, how do you think about announcing? Is it you get people saying, well, the digital numbers are great, let's go for that and hope that people don't talk too much about the the more depressing numbers
2: I think it's just part of an annual cycle that we've got into that actually alongside um, the the stats for mission that are published we we now every year publish the these these digital numbers to to showcase the s- sort of ways in which we're engaging engaging audiences that whole range of audiences from people exploring to regular churchgoers in, in different ways
3: I think it's also recognizing the importance of those of that digital piece of work so those reflections mm. If, you know, more than 80% of people are saying that is helping them in their faith journey, then surely that's a key part of the Church of England's ministry. Mm. So it's just recognising the importance of that digital faith journey that we really do hope will lead people into that physical worshipping community. But actually, that's a great (coughs) start and that's such an opportunity. We reach one and a half million people digitally each week now. What an amazing opportunity for us to... um, be with people in their daily life perhaps more so than we've been able to ever before yeah. we're, we're um, on the apps on people's phones we're on their Alexa device yeah. at home what an amazing opportunity and i think that's being recognized by the fact that we released those statistics together and
0: when you say reach people do you mean could that be people using an app or following on twitter is it all those things
3: yeah it's all of those things but we reckon it's about one and a half million and mm. um, a week which is an amazing opportunity and one that we're investigating further in what what we can do, how we can move those people along in their faith journey.
2: And it goes back to this sort of seed funding is that in the first three years, mm. we've been able to really get the basics solid. So even like putting out the prayer for the day every mm. day um, and, and other content and working on the websites. Mm. But actually one thing we really want to get uh, better at is, for example, freshers in college and, mm. and, and people going back in September actually with the next three years of, of funding to be able to think a lot more about a year round compelling cycle of campaigns with different groups of people and that doesn't mean we're going to keep sort of blasting things out to churches and saying you have to get involved it's basically building a set of high quality resources so the I think the mental health reflections that that is one of the things I am proudest of in the first three years that we've done where we worked in a really joined up way with a with a with a senior professor from Durham University who's who's also a vicar and we worked with Lambeth Palace on it and it was really joined up and it's the sort of thing the church should have been doing. And we've now got a series of 10 high-quality reflections on a whole range of themes that are now available on the site to use. And that's what the money, that's what the, having a bit of resource here has really enabled us to do, to really meet the need and to and to talk yep. about the Christian response to this huge growing area and, and to make content available that that meets people where they are.
0: And your busy parish priest or lay minister probably welcomes... Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it's actually saving them work in one sense, having high-quality stuff that they can use at the parish level.
2: I mean, that is one of the things, again, like genuinely, one yeah. of the really heartwarming things about the work as well is that we do actually get really encouraging feedback mm. on that. And, you know, that that really helps us to make things better uh, and also to, to, to sort of keep focusing on the work mm. we're doing. Yeah, and I think Follow the Star was a key kind of breakthrough moment,
1: I think, when the feedback we got from local churches was very... From, even from you know clergy that I know who you know could often be quite cynical and <laughs> quite kind of yeah, oh well, yeah what's your latest great, great idea? Actually, they looked at that and immediately saw where it, where we, what the potential was and the professionalism, but also the, the you know the the creativity that that it that unlocked in lots of other lots of lots of other places in cathedrals and parish churches did amazing things locally, drawing from that central inspiration and that that focus around uh, around a campaign that was much more than digital. It was always conceived as a, a physical campaign, really, yeah. a, as in, put a star in your church, let people know that you're welcome. Really kind of, don't, ex- that comes back to that point about people not knowing they can just show up. Mm. We re- That's where the point we are in our culture and actually, mm. churches need to not just assume everyone knows that the doors are open on Christmas. You need to, Really make that explicit, and really, really welcome people in, and encourage them to continue that journey. And that's where the, the reflections journey, both on in booklets, online, um, through the app, etc. That's that's that's
0: really getting people on board, um, and uh, and really taking the next step. Social media, as we can see in politics, definitely can be a site of um, a lot of vitriol and hate and um, abuse. And, um, I mean, there was a lot of national coverage of the church's digital charter and guidelines. So you say a bit about how that came about, what what you sense the need was.
2: um, And and again, I think working with both archbishops on this is that that they've they've seen that with the way we perhaps sort of, I'm using we in the biggest sense, society is using social media. There's a huge amount of opportunities with it. But that um, there are uh, risks and the way that sometimes people talk to each other and at each other can be really damaging. And I think the the church's response, how do, how do, what is the sort of Christian ethics in this space? How do we treat others as we wish to be tr- treated? And it's something that, that certainly as a team we've been wanting to do for a little while, which is how do people engage with the content and what is a standard we expect? It's not stopping free speech, not at all how do we expect people to engage with us on our platforms, with the church, as, so that's around the guidelines, but then the Charter about how do you pledge, how do I pledge as an individual to conduct myself on social media? How do I pledge that I will behave and also hold people to a higher standard in the way that they behave? And I think we, you know with the general election upon us, it's really important. There is a, it's a key moments like this where the Charter comes into its own um, you know, we know countless churches, schools, community groups, people of other faiths who've endorsed these, uh, and thousands have endorsed these and engaged with them. And I think it's it's about the church speaking into this space. And I think that's one of the reasons why it got coverage. I mean, it was talked about on on like U.S. talk shows in the morning. <laughs> um, and and I, I think it's because there is a real void there. And I think there's yeah. a that social media companies need to need to understand, as Archbishop Justin said when he was at Facebook, um, when, when he launched this, need to understand the part that they play on their platforms in ensuring that we treat others as we wish to be treated and that we, have, we use social media at its best, which is what we try to do here, uh, not, at it, not at its worst, mm. at That's- its most poisonous.
0: Talking early November now, um, you're planning for Follow the Star again for this Christmas?
3: Yes. We are. <laughs> so we're sticking with Follow the Star this year just because of the uh, massive buy-in from churches last year who bought physical um, resources but also just uh, were so creative with the theme. We saw so many um, DIY stars put up on the side of churches and we just wanted to carry on with that theme that had been so well received in year one uh, for another year to allow churches to reuse all of those great resources but also to just um, yeah have that that known name out there again, um, and it wasn't broken, so we didn't fix it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, um, and and just uh, as as well as obviously. Uh, as Amra says, not fixing what what isn't broke. We <laughs> did also recognise that actually that the response to the the, the the reflections that that we put out last year for between period between Christmas and Epiphany was so great. We thought we do really need to do uh, a new set for for this year uh, to really encourage uh, people to to engage with that as well. So there's a lovely shiny gold booklet which which goes down very well on on podcast, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> um, uh, for written by uh, Reverend Mina Munns, who's a pioneer minister. Honestly, so she's interested, really interested in in Connecting with people who aren't necessarily uh, part of part of church community, and also uh, she's also uh, a very experienced children's worker as well. So she's uh, written daily reflections that go out in a the booklet. There's also a, a leaflet which is you know cheaper and sort of more kind of um, uh, designed for real sort of bulk orders for, from churches to give out to people that um, that it connects with all the digital resources. So someone can get the so get get a leaflet or show it to their to their friend, and there's literally a QR code on the back, which means that they can download the free app and get. Uh, the, the reflections in to read, to listen to, full audio as well, and they'll also be on the uh, smart speaker platforms as well. The content this year is based around uh, the theme of 12 Days of Christmas Wonder and takes inspiration from We Three Kings, which I think most people have heard of, So, mm-hmm. uh, which is very uh, really exciting. And there are also, um, uh, I mentioned, uh, Mina Muns is a very experienced uh, children's uh, worker and t- um, founder of the Flame Creative ch- Children's Ministry website. Uh, and so there are family activities to go through alongside everything. So there's something literally for everyone. But mm
3: so different. while it's the same campaign there's loads and loads of new resources particularly to support local churches as they use hashtag follow the star so um, on a church near you this year they'll be able to access that main national advert that we send out and they'll be able to add their own personal branding so we're really excited about that that churches will be able to share on their own Facebook page Instagram, Twitter or in their church services as well um, loads more resources loads more photos on the, a church near you on the resource hub the resource hub is kind of like a stocking image library with images and videos for churches to use completely for free so there'll be loads of resources on there so uh, for churches to access that they need to be an, a church new Year editor and the number of church new Year editors is growing which is great we've got more than 16,000 now and um, so that's really really good um, and there are loads and loads of ways for churches to get involved in the campaign and um, the easiest way for churches to get involved in the Christmas campaign is to go to churchofengland.org forward slash Christmas and there's ways of buying all the resources and um, having a look at um, ideas to get involved with your church with your congregation and to just find out more about the campaign this year we're very excited we've got branded church candles as well which look absolutely mm. beautiful and that's the first mm. year that we've done that so we're excited about the follow the star candles as well
0: and looking into 2020 we've had the, the 2 million funding seed funding that period has ended has it are we now into a new yeah at the end phase? of this year and the synod has approved that approved yes and how much is that going to be and what's it going to be used for
2: so um we've uh, we took a paper through um archbishop's council uh and synod uh, and that is through five million pounds over three years uh, and we've been really encouraged by the reaction that we've had to that paper and that that is the culmination of about a year's work of really speaking to people right across the church uh to understand what what they think the opportunities are, what they think we've done well, what could we improve on in the in the th- in the three years to come, and to enable us to really, I, th- I think, next three years the focus is like embedding the, the work and to and to keep with the innovations, but also things like training. We cannot meet the demand. So we've got um, t- two colleagues in the team who go out and and do that every week, and we can't keep pace with the demand that we're that we're getting for that so, so you're going to hire new people yes yeah, additional yeah, yeah. people absolutely yeah. and that's that's exactly what the funding enables us to do it enables us to look at audio where we've dipped our toe in the water we actually don't have any audio resource really in the entire th- Is The podcast um,
0: still happening was that it, there was a podcast there was a there?
2: podcast yeah that was happening yeah. um several years ago um okay. but there Good. hasn't been um that much done in the in the audio space it would enable us to do a lot more with that uh, enable us to do a lot more around a church near you as amris says that's That really is growing and the page views are up massively year on year on that. Uh, So it it will really enable us to look at all these areas where we've started to do things, Mm. but to really um, uh, accelerate that work as well as looking at this year-round cycle of, of, of content and how we meet the needs of our different audiences.
0: Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Church Times podcast. You can find more news, analysis, comment and book reviews on our website,